Listening Dog Media. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Marini's Media. Hello and welcome to The Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay. Hola! And this week, three is the magic number with goals galore in the midweek fixtures. Good thing is, on top of it, we've got a very able trio here today. Alongside me, first up, still licking her wounds from defeat to West Ham. What's going on at Wolves? Oh. Lindsay Hooper. Oh. oh, what a week. I've had a real rotter. A real rotter. It's, I did some awful great, predictions. Awful predictions. And then I had to go and watch that. West Ham Wolves. Oh, dear. An absolute trumping it was, too. And uh, with us, as ever, Sky Sports News anchor and mama extraordinaire, Hayley McQueen. Hi, Hayley. Well, hi. Thank you very much indeed. What an introduction. What a week. I've been busy at work, um, which makes a change. Because of late, I've just been swanning on in, having a cup (laughs) of tea, sitting down, just in the peace and quiet of a studio. But yeah, it's kind of all ramping up now, isn't it, with with transfers and everything's just started to get super, super busy. So yeah, Yeah. my my baby brain has had to be switched over to um, something else. I'm trying to trying to brain train. Lindsay Hooper gave me, um, actually, didn't Did you? She? Thank you. you. You gave me a while ago um, a brain training app. I genuinely, I've had to do it because I wish at the it moment works. I'm struggling to string a sentence together unless it's on autocue. So, well, hopefully fingers you'll make crossed. it through to the end yeah. of this podcast. Yeah. Of course, we are unscripted and unadulterated. Well, no, I don't think we're unadulterated. But anyway, listen, I've been amused um, this week and I just wondered, Hayley, as things ramp up at Sky Sports News and I'm thinking of transfer deadline day coming up as well will will he be caught short a bit like Eric Dyer um hilarious scenes there is he just (laughs) nipped off uh, and nipped back onto the pitch again anyone ever been caught short ladies Hayley used to have those mammoth shifts didn't you five or six hours yeah but the the problem so the problem is now we single head present so if you need the loo 
tough. It's like being a child. You have to remind them now, do I need to go to the toilet (laughs) Uh, just before I go on air to make sure that because we have mic packs on as well, which are kind of strapped to the back of our dress. There's a one way system at Sky now because of COVID. So you can't just nip through the little side door into the toilet like we normally would because that's the side that people come into the studio not out so you have to go all the way round so oh, literally if if you're in trouble the heels get kicked off and it's it's a sprint to the toilet and and you cross your fingers that they've turned the microphone off put it that way <laughs> there is a lot to think about because when you've got a mic pack as well you've got to remember to catch it before it falls down the toilet yes i've had that, that a few times yeah and as a reporter more so, I suppose, Haley, than when you're in studio, but I'm in control, I suppose, more of the mic pack, so you can turn it mm. off and on. And you'd like to think that people wouldn't listen in, So, but you'd turn it off if you remember. Yeah. It would be quite gross, wouldn't it, if people did listen in, but who knows, it takes all sorts. Um, uh, coming up on this week's show, well, it's brought to you by the letter F for football. No reason at all, apart from we're just liking the letter F this week. So we're talking football forfeits, flipping the rules and the final countdown. So let's get stuck in. This news just in, listeners. The Athletic is extending its £1 a month offer for all new subscribers, meaning you can get unrivaled analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, plus a brand new breaking news service and ad-free versions of all of The Athletic's podcasts for just a quid. This deal won't last forever, though, so don't miss out. Sign up today at theathletic.com slash offside. Okay, so straight into the final countdown. Hark, what's that sound? Is it Jim White ironing his yellow tie? Is he warming up for his breaking news? Straight over to Hibernian FC for the transfer of the window. Uh, And that can only mean one thing if Jim White's warming up. It's transfer deadline day on the way. Um, Hayley, I'd like some insight from you, please. How many yellow ties does Jim own? Hundreds. Genuinely, I'm not just saying that, over exaggerating hundreds really? and over the years yeah he collect he so he collects them and does he get Jim, a special one for each year yeah oh he has a different one we started very bright and then it went to a sort of a um a pale lemon um <laughs> and now it's sort of a almost like a creamy lemon he's had sort of yellow with little blue stripes across it and then whoever he was presenting with quite often wore a navy or blue dress you know very sky sports he's had one with little spots on it but if you go into his wardrobe he does have a lot saved and what he does if he's going to a charity event or if there's somebody you know we sometimes get visitors to the studio or we used to he would sign a tie and give it to them so that was that's quite nice so he's very conscious of that and I think he keeps a few at home as well and and gives them to you know sometimes when they're kids looking around the, the talk sports studios or if he's off to an event he'll he'll pack a couple in his in his little bag little oh i bag. like that the bigger question is does he iron them oh god no god no <laughs> someone else irons them Lindsay. i Come don't on. think he would know how to switch an iron on he's, <laughs> oh, he's only Jim. just got the hang of um his phone he has that you know where you have giant text when you look at someone's phone <laughs> it's made like 10 well. times bigger yeah <laughs> It's quite funny. I think he's also got an option where there's a button where someone reads the text out for you as well. Uh, more than likely. <laughs> 
Um, well, with the transfer window slamming shut uh, on Monday, 5th of October, um, I want to know the deals, both of you, that you expect or you hope still mm. to happen. So what still might be the activity um, before that date, before Monday? Um, Hayley, let's go to you first. What are you expecting or hoping for? Oh gosh. Well, do you know what? I am I am just going to talk Manchester United because I think it's kind of the talk of the week, isn't it? There've been lots of criticism aimed at Manchester United, you know, people saying, well, why haven't they got a sporting director? And Gary Neville kind of vented his frustration on social media about their, you know, the club's inability to, to get any deals done, saying, you know, they've had ample time to do that. Uh, they're looking at a potential deal for Alex Telles. They're also looking at Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I believe, as well, the Arsenal fullback. So we'll kind of see which one of those happens. I think uh, Telles, who's um, at Porto, is probably going to be the most likely of those deals. Um, they're looking to kind of recoup the fee for him. But yeah, I think a surprise deal for Maitland-Niles um, could what potentially Sancho, happen. Hayley? Well, I'm hoping Sancho will happen. And that would be the big headline on deadline day. But also, we have to factor in England meet up for their training camp with Gareth Southgate on deadline day. So... If Sancho doesn't get a deal done by Monday, it could end up being a little bit tricky because he's supposed to be in a bubble with England. Oh. Yet he might have to go for a medical to Manchester. Or I, I'm not too sure. And the logistics of having to, to get to Manchester or whether they would do that, obviously, at their base in London or St. George's Park, of course, isn't in London. It's, it's you know, between the two. So whether he's in London or he's in the Northwest having a medical, if it happens on Monday, um, he'll at least be able to get to St George's Park. But I just don't know how they'll go about it with him linking up with England, what time he's supposed to be there, whether Gareth Southgate will let him go and do that. So I'm thinking maybe this will all happen over the weekend so they don't have the worry of that on Monday. But at least we know he's going to be back in the country flying in. Um, and the reason he's flying in, it might be to come sign for Manchester United, but obviously flying in to come and meet up with England. Um, I saw United actually linked as well with N'Golo Kante. Um, mm, now that would, be, that. that would be massive uh, and a massive surprise if Manchester United um, yeah. ended up going in, going See, in for him. Sancho's a, a glamour signing. He's, yes. he's the name. He would, I suppose, make the headlines. But is that what Manchester United really need right now? Well, they need a striker. I would, yeah. But I, well, I think well, they need to sh- that more than I, that. I they need a centre back, and they yeah. they need a yeah. left back. Yeah, yep. someone to rival Luke Shaw a little bit, but more more importantly, I think someone to go alongside Maguire. Yes, because right now that is a real real problem. And you think of all the amazing centre back pairings at Manchester United over the years. Now they're stuck without that. They don't have that. And I think that's going to be key to Manchester United this season, finishing in the top four. So if they don't side a centre-back, they're looking at left-back options and, and someone up front, I think they'll be in serious, serious trouble. So I think the biggest headline would be if United don't land one of their big-name signings. Mm. Um, I read a piece this week which just completely mind-boggled me how um, there are potentially 23 transfers that could still happen involving Chelsea. So it's needless to say, whatever happens on deadline day, there is going to be eyes on Chelsea. Probably, to be fair, more players leaving, definitely more players leaving than arriving. Declan Rice, though, is one that they're trying to make happen, isn't it? I think West Ham are holding oh. out for more money. He was incredible get... for, for West Ham against Wolves, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, well, so it's good. just sort of I think it'll come down to the player won't it Lindsay I get the feeling that West Ham are holding out for more money but if he wants to go should West Ham just take the cash 
I don't know. I because how do they replace him? Um, but it's going to get late unless it's done quickly. Yeah. But he, he, he was at Chelsea, wasn't he, Declan Rice, until around the age of 14. He's said to be pushing for the move. So it's it is one of those situations where do you do you walk that tightrope of what the player wants and what the club needs um, on both accounts, I suppose? We couldn't ask about it uh, post-match. So that always really? indicates to you, you make, mm. makes you think, doesn't it, that if you, mm. if you can't ask about something, it means that there, there might be something there. But I, I just thought that he shone in that match and he would really bring something. But then, you know, Conte does that in abundance anyway. Um, you, you're sort of replacing like for like a little bit. I know that Conte's obviously not got that physical presence that Rice has got, but he he is that terrier of a player, isn't he, that chases down everything. So I, I don't know whether that's the most important signing of this window for Chelsea, whereas I think keeping hold of Rice for West Ham is really important, important for them. Mm. Yeah. Well, you bringing up Chelsea actually brings me on to Frank Lampard because he did confirm, didn't he, that Ruben Loftus-Cheek is available to be loaned out. He listed mm. all these players that are available to be loaned and, and that caught my attention because off the back of going to that game uh, where Wolves were slaughtered by West Ham 4-0, I do think that Neves and Moutinho in our midfield are just a little bit too similar and we need something. Morgan Gibbs-White has gone to Swansea. We don't seem to be going with Leander Dendonka at the moment, although... I, I do think maybe he'll get some game time against Fulham at the weekend. But I think we could do with somebody else in midfield. So I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek could be a really good option for Wolves or maybe Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain from Liverpool as well. I think one of those sort of midfield players, one of those options that's going to drive the ball forward, I feel like Jimenez and, and now that we don't have Jota, you've got Pedro Neto and Traore, they need to be fed more. I felt that everything was a bit disjointed against West Ham. And to be honest, it was the worst performance I've seen under Nuno. And it was in every area. I think the defence was weak, the midfield was weak, and up front we're just not getting any service. But that could potentially help a little bit. Yeah. So that's as a, a Wolves fan I'm speaking on that one. Actually, originally Aston Villa were keen to sign Ruben Loftus-Cheek or Ross Barkley on loan. Obviously, Barkley's gone there on loan now. So that does mean, as you say, that there's a potential opening somewhere else for Ruben Loftus-Cheek, although Southampton has been linked with him as well. And there's Kurt Zuma, who, you know, he needs to push to leave doesn't he and I know that he's on the available list isn't he he's been linked with a reunion at Everton where he was loaned that would be a great move for him as well I mean I've just generally been very impressed by Everton and the organisation and the players in there could Kurt Zuma fit in there I suppose is the question I do wonder if Kurt Zuma might be more middle table of the Premier League now I don't know I the what the all Everton's these loan deals ambitions yeah. have out have outgrown him almost well at the moment i mean mm. the way they've started this premier league season i would i would say maybe i mean he's he he isn't going to go to everton to want to be a backup option is he no i um, suppose not and i don't know whether he's playing as well as he he was a few seasons ago okay anyone else with anything else there is a Liverpool player, Kate, that I love watching and I've loved watching over the years that is getting no game time at all. Are you talking all. about Shakiri? 
I am talking about Shakiri. <laughs> um, he's not made the 18 for any league match no. so far this season. Um, now, already in this transfer window, he's been linked with a move to Germany, actually. Three German clubs. He's an ex-Bayern Munich player, of course, but I think uh, Mönchengladbach are in for him. Leverkusen, Wolfsburg have been linked. But I'd love to carry on watching him in the Premier League. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, and I thought quite a good fit, potentially, could be Arsenal. Um, I, I see him playing in that Arsenal team. And, you know, with Jota and Minamino, look, let's face it, there isn't going to be room at Liverpool. He doesn't want to just be a bench warmer. He's 28 years old. Let's get like three, four, five yeah. really good years out of him. He's a real talent. And I think it's just a shame that we're not getting to see it. I guess it depends whether whether he would he would fit into the to that Arsenal side. Is he the right sort of player for them? Um, well, he didn't do much wrong when he played for Liverpool. When he has been given his chances, he yeah. hasn't done much wrong. He just clearly doesn't fit into that system that that Klopp goes the, with. The but Jürgen that's Klopp's not his got. fault, is it? He hasn't really put a foot wrong, really. No, it's true. Let's just mention Danny Rose and Deli Ali quickly. What do we perceive might happen to those two players? I, I think you've got a feel for Deli Ali, don't you? Really, at the moment, um, having to you know consider his future, left out of the squad again for the Carabao Cup game with Chelsea. It's all about trying to prove to Mourinho um, that he's you know he works hard. I just think he's got a couple of days to do that. I think if Mourinho just doesn't quite fancy him, he doesn't quite fancy him, and he's too much of a talent just to sit and and and, and yeah, he is just be wasted I just mm. I can't really get my head around it at the moment to be honest but but Mourinho's obviously just got a, a bit of a problem with him and they well, need to sort that out age-wise they're in completely different places yeah. so Deli Ali is still even though he feels like he's been talked about and been on the scene for so many years he's still is he 24 or 25 I lose track I think he might even still only be 24 and he's got so many more years to show what he can do mm. that I actually think that this might be a little bit of a ploy by Mourinho to try and get something out of him try and yeah. get a reaction I think this could be a little bit of mind games going on and I think Deli Ali's future may well still be with Spurs and if not it definitely will be with someone else yeah. but the situation a, a massive coup for someone else a massive coup yeah but the, the situation for Danny Rose I think is a bit more bleak because you're, you're talking about someone who definitely hasn't got that many years at the very top of the game left and as good a player as he is we we get from the documentary from from watching all or nothing that the there weren't that many offers coming in which concerns me maybe it's his wage demands because I do think he can definitely do a job for many Premier League clubs and there was that line wasn't there when he'd had a interest from Italy and he was saying only word on that I wonder if he just wants a completely new slate, something well, fresh, whether does, a move abroad would just really suit yeah, him rather does, than being in the Premier League. He does need it. But you know what's worrying more from Danny Rose's point of view is that he's not been linked recently with going anywhere at all. Mm. If you have a little look at the activity around him, there's really not much. And that's the most concerning thing for him is that he Maybe that just... is wages, though. Maybe that is to do with wages. And, and how many people are in this... In this time, mm. how many people are going to take a real big punt on someone that's only got maybe a few years at the very highest level left? 
I, I don't know. It's it's a huge, huge ask of a club to really fork out. I, I don't know what his wage demands are, but I imagine they're quite high. Mm. All right, ladies, well, we'll round up there. We'll have to wait and see, of course, what's to come in the next few days. And good luck to you, Hayley, working on transfer deadline day as well. Um, up next, though, it's time for a football fix. This is The Offside Rule with Kate Borsay, Lindsay Hooper and Hayley McQueen. When I say football fix, what I mean is we're going to fix a few things that we might not like so much about football. There's been so many penalties this week. There's the fact that the handball, well, it's not making any sense at all, is it a handball? Um, It's changed beyond all recognition, that particular rule. So we're going to offside rule this. I'm going to list out six rules of the game, Hayley and Lindsay, and you're only allowed to keep three. This this is quite tough, by the way. (laughs) Tell me which three of these you'd like to keep and why. So I'll read out the list you can have a quick consider and then uh, you'll tell me which you do and don't want to keep so uh, before we list- get to this can I just interject and say hallelujah they've seen some sense they are modifying the handball rule well, by the way for this weekend time. yes oh, good. I know hopefully we, we won't have our head in our hands quite as much no, exactly so those up for grabs uh, to fix are or just get rid of completely corners penalties free kicks, the offside rules, subs and yellow cards. So only red cards would remain, in other words. You've got six different rules. It's quite quite tough, this one. Um, tell me which three you want to keep, though, please, Hayley. Did you agonise over this? I, this really yes, took me a really long tough. time. It's quite tough. It's really, really hard. I've got, I've got sort of reasoning for each one in the end, but this took so long. It was torture. Right, so we start with corners. Get rid doesn't cause me a problem to not have corners. Penalties, this is a tricky one because penalties in matches, fine. Okay, if we're going to have to get rid, get rid. But you can't get rid of a penalty shootout because what on earth then happens? It'll just, a game will just go on and on and on. And surely that's part of the fun and the magic sometimes. Yes, so agonising to watch if you're, you're, you know, a fan of one of the two teams. You're in a stadium. One day we'll be back there, and you're having to watch a penalty shootout. It is, it is, it's horrible. I've, I've turned my head and not watched on occasions when really? Manchester United have been involved. Yeah, because I felt sick. I like but to again, see everyone's faces. It's, it's all part of the excitement of it. There had been. Do you remember a while back, Marco van Basten, the FIFA technical director, had had said um, that they wanted to propose some new things, and one of them was replacing penalty shootouts with an eight-second run-up. Okay, that's <laughs> right. Yet he also wanted to introduce orange cards to send players to the sin bin. Oh my no, that's minutes. Ridiculous. Yeah, which is ridiculous. So I, I kind of would get rid of yellow cards and only have red cards. And I think that would maybe help with some of, some of the behaviour issues on the pitch. We might see a little bit more discipline. Subs cannot get rid of just simply because love seeing... Um, kind of the the, the tactical changes that managers make. There's also, you don't want burnout from players. It's a great chance for some of the young players to come on into a, a game and get, you know, get a chance that they might not otherwise have had. But I think, again, just for your squad rotation, Mm-hmm. So, so far, Hayley, you are keeping penalties mm-hmm. and subs. Subs, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
I'm keeping subs as well. So I'm with Hayley on that one. And I also think for injuries, I mean, those are just situations you cannot account for. And that just really wouldn't be fair. So I think subs have to be kept. And I'm also with Hayley in getting rid of yellow cards. I think that's one that we can get rid of. But she kept penalties. And I think because you're getting rid of yellow cards, you can therefore get rid of penalties because then you'll have straight reds. So if there was a really, really bad tackle in the in the box, it would be a straight red card anyway. And then you're getting the advantage of having the extra man because it would just be ascending off. So I'm, I'm trying to reason it in, in that way. I tell you what I can't get rid of. I can't get rid of free kicks because I think over the years, you think David Beckham's free kick against Greece that sent us to the 2002 World Cup, those moments in time. Right now in the Premier League, free kick takers, Harry Wilson, James Ward-Prowse, Trent Alexander-Arnold, they're things of beauty. It's like an art form watching free kicks. And then over time as well, Ronaldinho, Maradona, they were just brilliant free kick takers. I can't get rid of free kicks in football. I just can't do it. So I'm going to keep those. I think that you need to keep offside because otherwise you just have goal hangers, wouldn't you? And also, ladies, where would we be? Where would we be? There I would mean, be no offside this, rule. This is a this is a pivotal branding <laughs> issue, absolutely essential to the success of the future of this podcast, right? Exactly. And I think you'd have so much, you know, punting long balls forward, which we've tried to move away from. You wouldn't have the tippy tappy, lovely football that we've seen from Barcelona and Spain over the years when they won the Just, World Cup. Yeah. It's more intelligent um, football, isn't it? I know, obviously, there's criticism. Things can be a little bit too tight and compact, but at the end of the day, it does make players think and it makes the tactical kind of battles play out a lot more interestingly, doesn't it? So this is another one where I'm with Hayley is getting rid of corners and the justification is I think you can just you can just have throw-ins, can't you? So every time the goal, mm. the the ball goes behind in what ordinarily would have been a corner, you just mm. have a throw-in and throw-in takers. And you mentioned this on the podcast last week, Kate, about throwing coaches. We could get them in at every single football club. Throw-ins, it's so important at clubs because we've seen people making an absolute shambles of it mm. at the very, very height of Premier well, this League could football. become a feature of modern football. It could be all about the throw-in, couldn't it? Um, I, I actually thought I might hang on to corners just because I quite like a nice, well-worked corner. It kind of fits into the organised side of my brain. I quite like <laughs> it. But that would mean, because I'm a fan of keeping subs, same reasons as you guys, really. They can change a game. It helps other players, particularly in, you know with large squads and young English talent as well. It gives everyone an opportunity. Can't get rid of penalties. I'm not so bothered about penalties in games, but you can't get rid of penalty shootouts, and I group them both in together. We would never have had Liverpool versus AC Milan Champions League final 2005 without, of course, that that game would never have been as epic as it was without the penalty shootout out. Italy versus France, World Cup 2006, Hayley Manu, Chelsea Champions League final 2008. We would never have had those amazing moments were it not for the penalty shootout. So I was going to say corners, pens and subs, but I think I'm, I'm going to have to scrap corners because I can't get, get rid of the offside rule, even though it can get quite convoluted and a bit fussy and it can be it can be messy sometimes, can't it? And it can sometimes stop the natural flow of play because everyone's so aware of it. I'm just purely for my own selfish reasons, we can't get rid of the offside rule. So in summary, 
penalties are going to stay according to myself and Hayley. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was wants... getting rid of them. So what does, does that mean you're getting rid of free kicks? Well, you went for free kicks. You also went for offside, which I went for too. All of us went for subs. So subs are definitely staying. And then based on the votes, the penalties stay and the offside rule stays. Wow. (laughs) No more free kicks. So there you go, ladies. We've completely repackaged football. Uh, You can let us know if that's a load of old nonsense or not by getting involved or telling us which three rules you want to keep and why at Offside Rule Pod on the socials for that one. Next up, it's forfeit time. (laughs) I'm just bringing up YouTube. I'm just going to have to watch old ones, old free kicks over and over. Yes, that music means one thing and one thing only. The Offside Rule WSL edition is back. Woohoo! And the WSL is bigger and better than ever before. Which means we need to do the same. And that's why we've got interviews with the biggest names. The brightest minds in the game. As well as all the in-depth match analysis you've come to know and love. Just search for the Offside Rule WSL edition, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can find us ad-free on the Athletic app. That's the Offside Rule WSL edition, out every Tuesday. Next up, football forfeits. Be careful how I use my Fs, won't I? Now, there are occasionally forfeits involved in the game of football, but one particular area of football that's even worse for forfeits, mainly because of the people involved, is fantasy football. I don't know whether you two ladies have ever been involved in a fantasy football-themed forfeit. (laughs) Only having to buy someone tea and cake, which which was pretty tame. That's not too bad. Pretty tame compared to the story that we heard this week, Lindsay and Hayley. One poor guy um, who came bottom of his fantasy football league. His forfeit was to be painted gold and forced to be a football statue for the day. This is um, this is a <laughs> this is a six-a-side team based in Greenwich near me. The league's called How Soonest Now, and they've basically said that they do a forfeit every year for the loser. But this year they had to get a bit inventive. They had to do something socially distanced, so they painted this poor guy gold. Uh, stood him in the middle of town as one of those, you know, human statues. And they even had a gold mask for him travelling on public transport, which I thought was a rather nice touch, actually. Uh, genius. So an incredible and a lot of it. effort. <laughs> yeah. A lot of effort indeed. Can you imagine how uncomfortable it would have been? Because it, it was quite chilly on Saturday, wasn't it? Can you imagine how chilly it would have been to be painted gold and just be left stood still I, as I a bet, statue? I'll bet they didn't think about how it was going to come off, whether it's washable or... Non-soluble. <laughs> oh, that's all I kept thinking about. How's he going to get it off? How's he going to clean himself? How's he going to? Is he just going to get in the shower? He's going to need a very big scrubbing brush for that. <laughs> Some overthinking there from Hayley yeah, McQueen. Right. Um, so I want your football forfeits, please. Um, we know Lynn's has been involved in one. Hayley, have you ever been subject to a football forfeit of any type? Not really a forfeit. We all know the story about when I had to be the club mascot abroad, but it wasn't. It wasn't really a forfeit. It was more of the gentleman that was being the mascot, wasn't able to do it. And I I was kind of dared to do it. I was like, fine, go on then. So I became Rory the lion for the day. Um, Is that when you vomited in the uh, the, the lion's mask? It's so hot (laughs) in its face. I know, right? (laughs) Wonderful. 
Um, it was a forfeit for the guy who returned the week after. Yeah, yeah can you imagine the smell in that mask? Oh, nice. Mm. That's, that was a problem in the first place. Um, there have been a lot of kind of initiations, haven't there, at football clubs? I know quite a few, you know, friends who've played football who have to do the kind of running around a pitch naked or having to stand up and sing a song where they kind of do the initiation. But as for forfeits, it, it definitely gets better when you're in a first team environment because the forfeits become far more embarrassing, put it that way. I've got one involving John Terry here. Um, And I remember this because he was reminded of it. He missed a crucial penalty, of course, in um, Champions League final. And just after this, they were reminded about um, what was happening in training at Chelsea, he said they used to strip pen, strip for penalties. He said a group would go out after training had finished and we'd get a five-a-side match going. And basically, you'd have to take off an item of clothing every time you missed a penalty. And he said, you know, some of us would just end up stood there completely naked, hitting balls into the net with other balls all over the place. Ooh, not the best picture to be thinking of. Oh my so, goodness. Surely yeah. you'd have to be very, very careful about certain certain parts of the I body. Know. You've just reminded me of that of that um, bit of footage that, that was going around earlier in the year when Harry Redknapp went to go and see a naked football team. Do you remember? I think it was, were they based here or based in France? It's just r- France, right off the top of my head. Um, Harry Redknapp having to deal with a completely naked uh, naked football team. <laughs> you talking about initiation songs. I interviewed Matt Doherty, who's joined Spurs last week, and he said that he chose Backstreet Boys <laughs> to do in front of the whole squad. Um, yeah, which is just really amusing, isn't it? Because how do you how do you carry off a boy band? It's a bit too close to home, isn't it? I think I just I'd, I'd probably just go for something really, really different, different and stupid. There was an athletic article over the summer. This is kind of a forfeit, but it's more more going down the line of sort of dressing room finds. And it suggested that Mikel Arteta uses a wheel of fortune to decide punishments um, for his Arsenal players um, with forfeits, including fines, cleaning the dressing room, or apparently one of them was polishing Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's uh, cars. <laughs> so um, a bizarre, bizarre list of, um, list of uh, punishments there. You can probably look it up still via The Athletic. That brings me on beautifully, Kate, because you if you got the vision of what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's cars are like now, <laughs> it brings me on beautifully to a story from um, David James' days at Portsmouth when he was a goalkeeper there. Because what they used to do at Pompey was they used to name a worst trainer. And if you were named the worst trainer, then you would have a big forfeit um, at the end of the season. And what David James had to do for winning that accolade was he had to drive around in an old Reliant Robin. Do you remember those three-wheeler cars? (laughs) I remember this story, yeah. Um, And not only did he have to drive around in this car, the whole squad chipped in for it. They they bought it and they had a loudspeaker attached and every time he turned the engine on, it played animal farm noises. Oh, my goodness. How did it fit in? Uh, yeah, in, a, in a, an old Reliant Robin. But nowadays, see, Conte, we talked about him earlier. Um, he drives in a little Mini Cooper, doesn't he? Is it a Mini Cooper he drives? Aww. But very understated. And nowadays, you know, you you turn up to training grounds and there's all Porsches and Lamborghinis and Ferraris. But um, I like the thought of a little Reliant Robin. Mm, Leeds United did it actually back in the 2000s when um, Jonathan Woodgate was there. They, they, they had a, a vote. It was 
plonker of the week. <laughs> Such a wonderful term, plonker. Um, he was forced to leave his own car at the training ground for a whole week again as well, with Peter Ridsdale finding it absolutely hilarious. He was a chairman at the time. And um, he... Jonathan Woodgate drove a reliant Robin. He said, my goodness, I thought it was Trotter's independent trainers turning up, to be honest. But yeah, he did it. He, he drove back home to his place in Middlesbrough, up the A1 and back no. again. Probably took him three times as long to yeah. get home and back. This Fantastic. must have been an era when they could pick up a Reliant Robin for pretty cheap. Yeah, that was <laughs> still legal on the road. Carlos yeah. Tevez, oh my goodness. Do you remember when he was subbed for West Ham against Sheffield United? This was way back in 2006. He stormed out of Upton Park and left. So Alan Pardew decided to let the squad decide what punishment to give him. So they got together, had a bit of a meeting, said, you know, we're, we're obviously going to punish Carlos. You can't just you can't just leave. You come back out to the bench or you sit in, 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 in the changing room, gather your thoughts, get treatment if needed, whatever. But you join back up with the squad. He just disappeared. Um, so they made him donate a thousand pounds to charity. But he obviously plays for Argentina and they made him, well, they tried to make him wear a Brazil shirt for a week oh. in training. And Tevez said, you know, I just couldn't train in a Brazil shirt. I wouldn't do it. He said it was like asking an Englishman to wear a German kit. He said, I'd never do it. It's too much to wear. I'd rather give all my money away than wear my country's <laughs> rival strip. Um, I wonder if many other players would be um, would be happy to forfeit all of their money for wearing a shirt from um, from a rival country. Anyone who plays FIFA, I don't know whether you do, girls, but um, I know quite a few friends that that play FIFA nowadays. There's quite a lot of forfeits that you get for playing the game. I suppose it makes it more interesting. And I just picked out a few. There's so so many, by the way. If you look online, so so many. If you start playing, um, a few that I liked. If you score a hat trick with Neymar, then your opponent must dye their hair an outlandish colour. Um, if you score a hat-trick with Andy Carroll, then your opponent must visit the nearest sweet shop, find the cheapest chocolate bar available and then insist on paying four times the amount for it. If you score with a Dharma Traore, then your opponent must challenge a stranger to a running race but insist on giving them a head start. And this you, is you challenges, get the gist. challenges in real life after playing a computer game? Yes. Okay. So if you if you challenge someone, this is big big stuff now, Kate, in gaming world. <laughs> if you're playing FIFA and you've got a real real big war going on with a friend, but then uh, how or, do they know that 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 person's done the forfeit? They have to have to send in make them post it nowadays on social media and things okay, yeah gotcha. so for instance if you lose by 10 goals which would be quite the drubbing wouldn't it um using a custom greeting card website of your choice you must create a bespoke card for the victor so you post it to them apologizing for your shameful um, manner of your defeat <laughs> and one that i picked out which i really liked as well if you score a goal from open play with your goalkeeper your opponent must then purchase and wear goalie gloves for your next game. But but it's not in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to be I able to, like, like, to convince you, I am think, I? I think my old head struggles with that. Like, they have to wear a pair of goalkeeper gloves for their next game. What, so they have to game well, with a pair of then, goalkeeper yeah, gloves so you, on? You wouldn't yeah. be able to do it properly, would you? So you yeah. wouldn't be able to, then you'd have a disadvantage again. Then you'd probably lose by the 10 goals and then have to do the custom greeting card for the well, next I'm one. Well, I'm never entering into the world of FIFA then after that. So let's no, round but up Arthur then. might. She might be well, buying some goal, goalkeeper gloves for him in the future. My son will be banned. Um, he's, he's basically too interested in playing Roblox and Adopt Me games and stuff like that at the moment. Um, anyway, let's round up with any other business. 
All right. So any other business, the smaller stories from the week that you might have missed. Um, did you see this, ladies? It's completely bonkers. It's to do with regulations surrounding football clubs and coronavirus. And uh, basically, uh, Corinthian casuals who are a side in the Isthmian League Premier Division, um, they're one below in terms of tiers, Dulwich Hamlet. Um, and because of that, Corinthian casuals are unable to admit supporters of Dulwich Hamlet into their FA Cup second round qualifying fixture at the weekend. So because they're from different steps, as they're called, or tiers, one set of fans can't visit the other club because they happen to be from the league above. It's completely bonkers. People have gone a bit mad about it on social media. The club Corinthian Casuals issued a statement um, basically saying, as the coronavirus is clearly clever enough to differentiate between supporters of step two and step three clubs, in their wisdom, supporters of national league clubs, which include Dulwich Hamlet, are banned from spectating. Uh, We'd like to place on record that as a club, we're not in favour of this utterly baffling ruling. We believe it's wholly unnecessary and we're going to have to put these restrictions in place under duress. It does seem a bit bonkers, doesn't it? So we're obviously desperate to try and get back into stadiums as fans. The Premier League have, have tried to come up with um, a way of, of helping. Now, we all worry, don't we, about um, fans being crammed together on public transport, um, especially for some of the, the London or the London clubs going on the underground. It's different if you're kind of heading to the Midlands, northeast, northwest. A lot of people tend to drive and try and find parking, but then we're all, you know, in pubs before the game. Well, a lot of people go to pubs, don't they? So the Premier League are hoping that by stopping people from using their cars, stopping people from using public transport is going to help because they're going to use bicycles instead. Yeah, one of the ideas is hiring out bikes for fans to get to Premier League grounds because obviously they are worried about public transport issues yeah and other ideas include providing extra car parking space and liaising with train companies to run enough services so that they can have as many fans but socially distanced on trains but yeah i just think it's kind of going back to when we introduced the boris bikes in london which actually were a massive hit and still are a hit now but um i just don't quite see how that's going to work when you've with thousands of football fans sort of using them it's How would you know course, which one was your bike afterwards? I know. Where yeah. do they get parked? All oh, the logistics of it. It just gives me a There's headache. No cycle even helmets about either. It. Really busy exact, roads often exactly. to get across town, and it, it obviously relies on fans being yeah. being back in stadiums. Yeah, so you, perhaps you it's might want to have early. a you might want to have a lager or a glass of wine or something no, around the no, game. You're no, not going to no. be able to get on a bike. Goodness me. By the time all of this nonsense is over with COVID and everything, they might have advanced those jetpacks. We might be oh, onto yeah. something with those. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Never know. Um, have you guys seen the lineup for the Graham Norton show in October? Yes. Oh my yeah. God, yes. So no. Arsene Wenger is going to be a guest. This is oh. for the episode on October the 16th. That's He'll be sat cool. um, alongside Dawn French, Freddie Flintoff, Michael Kiwanuka, and Samuel L. Jackson as well. What a so that's one to tune in for. I'm, I'm hoping that they, they get a little bit of dirt on him 
leaving Arsenal and the yeah, new role at yeah. FIFA. I'd like Samuel L. Jackson to take over the questioning of Arsene Wenger. I think that that could be the most interesting <laughs> pairing if they start sort of chatting and riffing away on the sofa. Um, here's a quick one for you, lady. Maccabee Haifa have issued... Now, this is a this is the clean version of this before producer Abby starts sweating. There is a naughtier version going around on social media, but Maccabee Haifa have issued an apology to Tottenham after one of their players made a bit of a degrading comment about Harry Kane in a video. It went viral. Haifa defender Mohamed Abu Fani, I think that's how it's pronounced, uh, posted a short clip suggesting Kane would be on his genitals. This is the polite way of saying it. When the two clubs meet in the Europa League playoff on Thursday, you might have to look that up on social media, folks, if you're listening um, to get the full benefit of how that's so hilarious. Yeah, I've actually just um, when I was just Googling Graham Norton to see if he was a football fan. He has chatted about football before. He got Hugh Jackman to say it. You know, he was a big Norwich fan, but I'm not quite sure Graham is a big football fan himself. But apparently Jurgen Klopp turned down appearing on the Graham Norton show just just last year. So there you go. After winning the league, he he then decided that he didn't want to be on the Graham Norton show. I think he'd be a wonderful addition to the programme. Okay, this isn't like really new news, but when I was doing a bit of research about forfeits and forfeiting things in football, I did come up with this story from the Romanian Football League, which is quite incredible. Um, The whole team didn't turn up for a game. They forfeited it. The rival team were basically awarded a 3-0 win. Why? Why is this? Okay, well, this was a statement from the club. Today is a very special day. Our friend and teammate, Delia Oinut, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Apologies, Delia. He's going to marry his beloved wife, Diana. Due to attending this important appointment, we decided to forfeit the game (laughs) against CS Sarsier. We asked the Soccer Association to change the date of the game. Our request was denied. He said, we decided to go to the wedding, even if the result was to lose three important points, because in exchange for that, we gained friendship and love. Oh, how nice. Sometimes it's it's important to remember... The kinder things in life. Yes. Why was it a three 0 victory though? It seems a bit I, random. I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? I yeah. know. But yeah, there's a lovely there's a lovely picture of them on social media. We lost a match, but we won a family. Ah, oh, well, yeah. listen. I've got a little <laughs> note of joy to end this podcast Upworthy. with. Upworthy. Did everyone see? And if you haven't, look it up because it is quite cute. Jose Mourinho and his assistant Yao Sacramento after the game against Chelsea, which they won. There's a little clip of them sort of running into the dressing room area and then skipping. So if you want to see Jose Mourinho skipping, look it up on social media and there's a lovely little clip of the Portuguese doing a little skippity skip skip. I love it. I can also add to that as well. If if you find the picture that's doing the rounds, um, they're linking arms, and Jason yes. Mourinho sort of tucked Aww. under. And someone's comment was, "This is how I link arms with my nan." <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, that's it for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. If you're out there, if we're plugged in via your headphones, your smart speaker, or however else you're listening to us, you can remember to keep up with all things Offside Rule by heading over to at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Insta. And don't forget, we have our website, OffsideRulePodcast.com. Plenty on there to digest. Um, Hayley, you've got a mini celebration of your own this weekend. Yes, it's Ayla's first birthday. I can't believe cliche how the time has flown but it <laughs> no, really but it has, has. i can't believe she's the big one Aww, has she got a first football kit yet Haley? um yes yeah, she was given a scotland kit Ooh. by um my colleagues up at sky scotland so that was nice with little socks and i she had a baby grow 
football baby grow Scotland kit with the number five on the back which is the number my dad used to play in so we we, we put her in that when when Scotland played when she was just a few weeks old actually but um, she hasn't got a Man United kit or, or a Real Madrid kit or anything else like that I'm going to wait till she gets a little bit older for her to decide she might even pick a German team because of my other half not that he has any clue about any she football team she might support Liverpool Hayley no I don't think no. that's going to happen uh, Lindsay where are we going to see you next Oh, um, I've got quite a lot of travel to do this weekend. So I'm I'm at Sheffield Wednesday against QPR on Saturday and then I've got Wolves Fulham on Sunday. So a bit of travel there. Um, Would love to remind everyone as well, if you are enjoying the show this season, please leave us a rating and review wherever you get the show. That would be fantastic um, because it does help other people find us as well. So please do that. Yes, please do. And leave a little review too. We love to hear from you. All right. Well, uh, ladies, we shall speak again this time next week. Absolutely. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything offside at offsiderulepodcast.com and by following at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletics football podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and the usual places, or listen ad free on the Athletic app. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. I'm Adam Leventhal and I'm here to tell you about the latest podcast from The Athletic, Beyond the Headline. We're going to be taking an even deeper look at some of the extraordinary stories that have captured the football world. It just looks like the most sort of miserable marriage. It's, it's been a loveless marriage from, from day one, really. We've got the most authoritative voices in football to take you right to the heart of the action. That season was just such a toxic, I mean, it's the most unbelievable season I think I've covered and, you know, there have been a few of those. It all starts on September 21st with a three-part special on Newcastle United and the takeover that never was. The lack of ambition in the club in the last 10, 12 years has flattened people in in this city. I think it could be a legacy lost. That's Beyond the Headline, the latest podcast from The Athletic. Available wherever you get your podcasts or get it ad-free via The Athletic app. Marini's Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.